Today, we are going to start discussing the best and worst case scenarios for the Detroit Tigers season. We're going to start off by talking about the starting rotation all today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. All righty, everybody. Well, welcome back. Happy New Year to all. January 3rd. I'm, I'm definitely going to say 2023 in the intro going forward. Just like nobody give me too hard of a time about it. All right. I, I'm pretty sure last year it took me until like February to stop saying 2022 and start saying 2023. So it's probably going to be a while. It's probably going to be a mistake that I make a lot. This is already, I mean, peak behind the curtain. The second time I've recorded this intro because I said it in the first one. So um, yeah, if it happens, just, uh, you know, let, let it happen. I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. Uh, so we are going to start, I don't want to call it like a series or anything that feels way too dramatic and formal, um, but we're going to start a a few episodes here where we are going to strictly talk about what I think are the best and worst case scenarios for certain positional groups, and then we'll end it, uh, whatever, however many episodes this takes to get through, couple, you know, week, week and a half, two weeks, whatever, um, by talking about just best and worst case scenario, I think, for the team as a whole this year. We're going to start off with the starting rotation. Uh, talk about the the best and worst case scenarios for it. And I think it's important to note, I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I'll reiterate it now. When it comes to best and worst case scenario, truly, if you truly wanted to do best and worst case, that's fairly self-explanatory and easy, right? Like worst case is everything goes as bad as you can possibly imagine. And you're the worst rotation in baseball and best is like, oh, everything clicks and is incredible. And Tarek Skubal wins Cy Young and you go out there and you have the best rotation in all of baseball. Like that is because anything is possible on opening day, right? Not necessarily likely, but possible. Yeah. So when I think of my quote unquote best and worst case scenarios, I'm thinking from a perspective and this is something that fan graphs and baseball savant are really good about is uh, 80 percentile, 20th percentile, best and worst case scenarios. If you were to run a, a simulation of the season or play out the season, even if you're, you know, you don't want to talk about, you know, computer crunching numbers or whatever, you just want to, if you just replayed a season with the same roster a thousand times, what is the, you know, we remove like the very rare outliers that likely aren't going to happen on the two extremes on the bell curve. What's okay. There's a legitimate sample size of like this, not going right here. And there's a legitimate sample size of this being legitimate 80th percentile, 20th percentile, best and worst case scenario, best and worst case scenarios. Yes. I said that right. Okay. So with the rotation and the reason we're doing this in general 
is because I think that because I, I haven't done this the last two seasons leading up to the year. The reason why I think it's important this year is because I do think there is so much variance on what the Tigers could be. The Tigers could could be well under 500 again, not have made any significant improvements. A lot of the players plateau and and we're looking around with even a, a step back from last year and it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world to me or they could win the AL Central because the AL Central is terrible, right? So like there there's so much variance in where the team could end up that I think it's important to go positional group by positional group for lack of a better term and talk about the all the different outcomes that could come out of this. I just think this is a really unique year where a lot could happen. A lot could happen that could go really right or really wrong. And there's probably going to be a lot that goes right and a lot that goes wrong this year, because that's usually what ends up happening. So with the rotation, I want to start there because again, I think that this maybe has the most variance within this team that I already think has a ton of variance within it. And uh, the reason for that is because you do not have anybody in this rotation that you are confident can throw even 150 innings this year. And I know that if if you're an everydayer, bless you. You know, like you have heard me complain about this for for months now at this point, but it, it's true, all right? Like this, this, this hasn't gone away. This is still an issue. And even the players that they've added, Maeda, Flaherty, et cetera, you, they, they still don't have anyone that you're guaranteed, like actually confident is definitely going to give you even 150 innings. So I think that that's part of the reason why there's so much variance. I also think there's still a lot of youth in this rotation. There's a lot of, I don't want to call them reclamation projects, but there's a lot of pitchers that aren't guaranteed to have really good seasons, but that you're kind of banking on to have good years. Um, and they could, but they also couldn't. So Let's start with the top-end talent. The thing that really carries a lot of weight in what I expect out of this rotation this year is Tarek Skubal. I think Tarek Skubal, I mean, pretty objectively, and I don't I don't want to throw that around often because I talk all the time about how I think one of the beautiful things about baseball and about sports in general is that there is so many varying opinions and having that, you know, healthy and respectful debate and talking about, you know, different possibilities and different interpretations of players, right? Like the fact that there's 30 different perspectives in baseball on every different player, I think is fascinating. But it's pretty darn close to objectively. Tarek Skubal was the best pitcher in baseball from his season debut, which was July 4th, to the end of the season. He led in pretty much everything. Uh, he led in p- starting pitching war, which some people like starting pitching war. Some people hate starting pitching war. He was at the top of it. Uh, he was toward the top, if not the top, in ERA. He was the top in qualified FIP and, I believe, XFIP both. If not, he was first in FIP and second in XFIP. Uh, I mean, he was he was genuinely... Like, again, I I don't want to just say, like, this is the only way you can think, but it's it's really close. It's about as close to objective as you can get. The best pitcher in baseball in those 80, 85 innings he threw from the 4th of July to the end of the season. That holds a ton of weight going forward because if, if he can stay healthy, if, which is, again, part of the variance here of what this rotation could be, you were talking about a guy who is going to be legitimately one of the best starting pitchers in the American League if he can stay healthy all year. And that is something the Detroit Tigers have not had since Justin Verlander left. And that is that is awesome. Um, 
They had a couple of months of Erod this past year, but then he kind of fell back down to earth. They had half a season of Matt Boyd in 2019. They should have traded him. Don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I'm just going to get myself angry. Uh, they had rookie Michael Fulmer, who looked like he might have been that before the injury. Also, the organization's fault. Don't want to go down that road. Um, but th- this is, if he can stay healthy, this is going to be the first time in a long, long time that you have had a legitimate ace caliber stuff pitcher in your rotation just on on pure stuff if you don't believe in the command I disagree with you but that's your own right if you don't think that he can stay healthy again your own right the one thing that I think is is pretty straightforward and obvious just to the naked eye is that this dude's stuff is absolutely electric and it is absolutely ace caliber so with that we have that at the top of the rotation after that is where it starts getting, I don't want to say shaky, but uh, 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 the the top-end rotations in baseball, they have the ace caliber guy, then they have a really solid two that would even be an ace on like worst teams, and then you kind of go down in pecking order, right, just naturally. This is a team that has the ace caliber guy at the top if he can stay healthy, and then it's a bunch of like three to fives in a rotation. And there really isn't a bona fide, okay, yeah, this guy is, is a number two in a good rotation. This team doesn't really have that. So as much as I'm excited about the top end stuff that they finally have at the top of the rotation, they 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 don't have multiple of people that are in that conversation. And that's really nitpicky. And we'll get into it. Like this rotation was solid last year. It was really good in the second half of last year. You don't need that to be a really effective rotation. They have depth, but it's not top end depth. And that's fine. Again, you can still piece together a a top 10, top eight, even rotation in baseball without a like bona fide quote unquote number two in a rotation. But if there, not even if there was thing I would change, but like that is just one of the things. There's a difference between top end depth and just overall depth. And this is a much deeper rotation than it was last year, which I'm really excited about. We'll keep talking about that. Um, but it's it's Scooble, and then I don't even know if on January 3rd we even really know who the number two in this rotation is going to be. I think it might be Kenta Maeda, right? When we signed him, we were like, oh, he'll be a solid four. He might be the two on opening day. So that that's all I'm trying to say. Okay, let's keep the ball rolling. We're overdue for a break here. Uh, we will talk about the starting pitching depth. We kind of naturally transition into that. We're going to talk about the injury concerns a little bit more. Uh, and then we'll talk about genuinely, the uh, or finally rather, the the, the high-end kind of ceiling for this rotation of in within reasonable expectation. And then kind of if, if everything goes wrong, what we can expect out of it. Uh, and we will do all of that. Goodness, I can't speak right after this. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's guaranteed just when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. There's so many different ways to bet uh, nowadays. You can live bet, same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab that goes around and shows you like popular and hot bets that are around. Uh, you can make a parlay in Parlay Hub, which is the best way to also find popular parlays. Uh, there's so many more, just standard money lines, spreads, etc. 
week 18 here in the NFL season. Such a fun time of year. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Friday, uh, keeping the ball rolling with probably some more, unless some news comes out, which I don't expect too much more to come out. Uh, we'll do that. We're also going to take like a look at just overall baseball. There's still some big free agents that I've yet to sign before I want to do that, but we'll kind of have an off-season recap overall in the MLB and Tigers, obviously. As well, once again, a few more of the bigger names sign. Uh, Lockdown has also launched the first ever sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7. We have our local experts at Lockdown, plus the experts of our national shows across every league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, so we're talking about the rotation here, kind of the, the best and worst case scenario for this rotation in 2024. We've talked about the top end talent. Uh, let's talk about the depth. This has been a big thing for this team. This off season was addressing starting pitching depth. The last, I guess, three seasons. Now the Tigers have really been hindered by starting pitching injuries. They have, uh, and I think that Lund should help that uh, a little bit. Obviously this was his first year on the staff in 2023, but uh, I, I just, I feel, is that right? I think so. One of the last two years. Anyway, it's just, they have used a ton of starting pitchers <laughs> the last three seasons, a, a ton, right? We remember the Drew Hutchison era. Um, I mean, you can kind of Peralta, right? You can kind of go down the list. There have been a lot of those and they've gotten decent production out of them, but the plan should not be to rely on those guys. So going into this year, with that uh, that that depth is, I think, very important. Right now, I have the rotation as Scubel, Maeda, Mize, Manning, Flaherty. That's not necessarily in order outside of Scubel is definitely going to be the opening day starter. But after that, uh, you can kind of mix and match these any way you want. Uh, and and we, we will, spring training will hold a lot of weight in that. Like we have truly on January 3rd have zero idea what this rotation is is going to look like. Uh, if Mize looks good coming off of Tommy John, he could work his way up and be the number two in this rotation. Flaherty, you gave a decent amount of money. If he looks good in spring, you could even make an argument for him. Manning doesn't get a lot of swings and misses, but has had a really solid ERA for a year and a half now. Like, I, I if you could really go a million different ways with it. But those five guys, I think, are your opening day rotation. That leaves Sawyer Gibson Long and Reese Olsen on the outside looking in. You also have Wilmer Flores, who is a one of your better starting pitching prospects. You also have Jackson Job, who's certainly not going to make the opening day roster, but at some point this year could absolutely get the call up if injuries or or something happens. Uh, you also obviously did not have a good year at all last year, but you have Joey Wentz, who's still on the 40-man roster. He has experience starting games. Again, if you get to that point, you're probably a little nervous. Uh, if you're consistently throwing him out there again and he's pitching the same way he did last year, actually, if he's pitching the same way he did in 2023, I don't think that that's even going to be an option. But he has experience starting. We're going to throw his name out there. And then you even have like Alex Fido, who I've been clamoring for to have, you know, be a legitimate reliever for so long. But if you're nine injuries deep, then yeah, throw Fido back out there. Bo Brisky, another one, has starting pitching experience, came up as a starter, started for you in 2022. 
wasn't even really that bad, just had the injury and they moved him to the pen and did pretty well in the pen, all things considered. So uh, there, there's some guys that are going to start off in the bullpen. And then, you know, if, if you are, like I said, nine or 10 injuries deep could become starters. You have guys who are going to start off in the minor leagues and be starters. We don't even know what the Reese Olsen, Sawyer Gibson long thing is going to look like. I would imagine Sawyer Gibson Long starts off in Toledo and is just a part of that rotation to start off the year if there's not room for him on the major league roster. But Reese Olsen, I think, could absolutely be in the bullpen, right? But my point is you have a lot of names that can start games for you that you're not like, oh my goodness, this is a 4A player that has no business starting games for this team in July. You, you're you're pretty deep there. Uh, you're, you're pretty deep. So that's a plus. That's a major plus. And I think that that helps the floor of this rotation pretty significantly. When it comes to the last piece, before we just get into genuine, you know, top top and end, uh, kind of what I'm expecting here, we have injury concerns. This goes back to the point I started the show with. You don't have anyone who's guaranteed 150 innings, right? And, and we don't, I don't want to go through one by one, and I've done that a million times this offseason. You, you, if you've even listened once a month, you've heard me talk about this. Um, and none of these guys have proven track records long-term, or at least recently, of throwing even that many innings. And you also have Tarek Skubal, who has been hurt pretty much every year of his major league career at some point. Obviously, last year was much more significant. Uh, has a Tommy John already under his belt uh, from the his college days, like now had the, the severe surgery in his arm flexor tendon whatever it was like so you have that going against you uh Kenta Maeda dealt with a lot of injury stuff over the last couple of years seems to be fine now Flaherty has dealt with a ton of injury stuff over the last three four years uh Matt Manning hasn't even come close to a full season in his major league career Casey Mize is coming off of Tommy John I just said I wasn't going to go one by one and I'm doing it anyway but you get my point right Reese Olsen uh, he has not, obviously, is still young. Serious questions about that. So that is something that is going to also weigh in, you know, best and worst case. If if a lot of people end up not being able to throw legitimate innings, you're staring down the barrel of uh, of a place that I'm sure no fan base or this front office wants to be. Okay. Let's talk about some numbers. We're going to talk about the rotation last year, who they lost, who they gained, and then overall just kind of where I see this rotation being uh, as far as ceilings and floors in 2024. Okay, we will do all of that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in. As always, shout out to the everydayers, as always. Um, so also, uh, I know weird afternoon upload again, not going to be a habit, uh, just out of town visiting family. I was working as well. Red Wings played at 1030 at night, had to do that show. Just a crazy, crazy day on Tuesday nights. So you're getting this Wednesday afternoon. Not going to be a consistent thing at all uh, back home this weekend anyway. Okay, so let's talk some numbers. Okay. Last season, the Tigers starting rotation was pretty solid. It was relatively middle of the pack in most categories, just in starting pitching war, you were around middle of the pack ERA or, you know, somewhere around 15, give or take three to five spots, right? You were, you were in that second tier 
in nearly any season-long starting pitching stat. There's a couple outliers. You'd like to get some more strikeouts from the rotation. They were a little bit lower, kind of in the toward the bottom third in that. Um, and then, you know, you had walks. You were closer to, like, the top 10 in the league. So you you have this uh, dominate the strike zone thing being implemented. That's good. That's great, et cetera. When Tarek Skubal came back on July 4th to the end of the season, the Detroit Tigers from the start of July till game 162 were one of the best starting rotations in the entire game of baseball. They were fourth in starting pitching war. They were, I believe, also fourth, yes, in starting pitching ERA. They were second in starting pitching FIP. They were, where'd you go? They were 13th, I guess, in XFIP. So depending on which one of those projective stats you like, there you go. Uh, so in, in from when Scooble came back to the end of the year, this was legitimately one of the best starting rotations in the entire game of baseball. And that's super exciting because that kind of goes to what I was talking about with that top-end talent with Scooble. And that's not to say they were bad in the first half of the year. June, actually, before Scooble came back, they also were really, really solid. Um, again, they, they ended middle of the pack in most stats, kind of even on the on the the lower side, ranking-wise, of 15 in a lot of stats. So you're in the top half of baseball in quite a few of these categories. But from when Scooble came back to the end of the year is when they really flipped the switch and just were, were again, legitimately one of the better rotations in the league. And that's super exciting. So... They have some stuff I'd like them to work on. We talked about this a lot during the regular season. Uh, this team gave up a decent amount of hard contact, but it played in Comerica Park. You're going to play to your park a little bit. That's great. I think the one thing I really want, A, if they can get even lower with the walks, I'll gladly take that. They were really solid in there. They were top eight or nine in all of baseball and um, just overall pitching as a whole, bullpen included. Uh, just fewest walks given up. So that's always good. That's something that this front office has wanted to implement. Um, but when it comes to swings and misses, we talked about strikeouts a little bit, kind of fairly middle of the road there. Um, but when it comes to just like whiffs and just overall swings and misses, that's something I'd like to see them get much better at. They were in the bottom 10 in the league in just whiff percentage from a pitching staff as a whole last season. and. For again, uh, 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 just for how the game of baseball is played today, you're going to need swings and misses. You're going to need that strikeout ability. And again, it upticked when Scooble came back because he very much has that. But top to bottom, you need to improve in that. And Erod, for as good as he was, that wasn't really his forte. He wasn't a big swing and miss type of pitcher. He was a dominate the strike zone, pound the zone, not going to walk you, fill the zone, and, and get you to uh, induce weak contact type of pitcher. Um, so uh, the loss of him may help in that category. It's obviously going to hurt in others uh, on the mound, strictly on the mound. That That is a loss for the Detroit Tigers. So you look at all these numbers and you look at how they did last season um, and you lose Erod, you gain Flaherty, you gain Kenta Maeda, you gain Casey Mize back. You didn't have it all last season. And you're in a position to, I think, have a lot of fun. Like I think that this is a rotation that could be Pretty darn good. I think that this could very much be a top 10 rotation in the game of baseball. I really do. 
And a lot of that is, is uh, I don't want to just be a broken record and reiterate everything I've already said throughout this entire half hour, but uh, a lot of that's going to come down to health, which is, you could say that about anything. I don't even really like that. I don't know not an excuse, but I don't really like saying, oh, well, if they're healthy, well, yeah, if you know, if, <laughs> you could say that about any team in baseball, really, if they're healthy, yes. Um, so that's going to be a big thing though, but you have the depth in place to even combat that a little bit, which is nice. Uh, another thing that I really liked from last year's team, and this is something that I think is just the Chris Fetter effect. Uh, if you look at first pitch strike percentage, the Detroit Tigers were three, four, fifth in all of baseball in first pitch strike percentage at 63.4%. The Mariners led baseball with 67 so still a whole percent ahead of them, which over the course of a season is, is still quite a lot. Um, so that's just something I, I really like. I think that that's a fetter mindset. We've talked about kind of the fetter, uh, I guess mindset really is the word. I was trying to think of a different one there with this team and, and not, you know, the working backwards thing is, is so like archaic at this point, like throw your best pitches. They're your best pitches for a reason. Get ahead in the count, dominate the zone, fill the strike zone early. And, uh, and, and I think that that's something that the Tigers did really, really well last year and something that I am really excited about all of these additions that are coming back as well, or coming back or just being added, right, in those three, Mize, Flaherty, and Maeda. I, I think that that's something that that could go a long way for these guys, and I really like that being the identity. You can't break like 65 or 70% because then teams are just going to sit first pitch strike and, and you're going to get dominated the other way. Uh, but I think that being toward the top in baseball and that is only a good thing. And I really like that mindset as well. So maintain that. Obviously, if Maeda can uh, show what he did after his really rough start and post-injury last season over a full year, you're going to have that. But that's some, the same thing we said about Michael Lorenzen, right? Like Michael Lorenzen, when he got signed, no one had given him a legitimate shot to even being a starter. And then the Angels, he got hurt. They moved, he was in the rotation in the second half of the year post-injury, and he was phenomenal. And so uh, I, I think that there could be something there with Maeda. I, I'm fine with the Flaherty signing. Uh, I, I don't think that he's going to be anything more than like a 4-5 in a rotation, but if he even has an ERA around like 4-4-2, four, four, I'm going to be pretty pleased with it. Uh, Mize is a, is a huge question mark, man. Uh, he, is, he is the one. That when we have this conversation and we're talking about all these different possibilities and outcomes and whatnot, right? Like Manning, I I don't think Matt Manning's just going to wake up one day and just have a really good swing and miss percentage, a really good whiff rate. Like I, I think that he probably just is, I don't want to say is what he is. I'm hoping he can continue to get better. He's still young. He doesn't have very many starts under his belt at the major league level. His arm is healthy, knock on wood. I still I still think that there is a lot of room to grow with Manning, but like I don't think that he's just going to be some swing and miss artist anytime soon. His, his swift numbers are astronomically low. Uh, and so, but he gets outs. Mize is the one where it's like, you know, before the injury, before the TJ, he was not getting a lot of swings and misses. And in college, he was getting a lot more, but he wasn't some like, oh my goodness, this guy gets more swings and misses than anybody we've ever seen, right? But he was certainly getting a lot more in college, and he was throwing the splitter a lot more. And then the splitter, when he turned pro, like he wasn't throwing it, and then he was throwing it, and then there was injury concerns, so he wasn't, and then he was shut down for the year, and then he made the majors, and then he was throwing it, and then he wasn't throwing it, and then he had Tommy John. It's like, okay, I don't even know if that pitch is in his repertoire anymore. I, I genuinely, I have no clue. 
On January 3rd, 2024, I have zero clue if Casey Mize is going to throw a splitter this year. I don't. The fastball velocity, everybody says, is an uptick. We have yet to see that with our own eyes. But like everybody says is going to be better. Uh, and, and is going to, you know, that, that this lack of, because that was the interesting thing about his Tommy John, is it wasn't like it just snapped one day, right? His UCL just lost its elasticity over time. And it was just like a loose rubber band in there. And so that that's that's a lot different than it just snapping one day. So a lot of people are saying it's going to be the, you know, the, the optimists out there. This could be the fastest he throws since we've drafted him. This this could be the the most velocity we've seen on Mize uh, as a pro, which is super exciting if that ends up being true. I just don't know. And he's coming off of Tommy John. I was excited about Turnbull last year coming off Tommy John. We see how that worked out. And th- they're not the same pitcher. Casey Mize is has a much better track record, right? And and obviously as an amateur was much better. It was a number one overall pick. I'm not trying to compare those two. It's just Tommy John is weird, man. Like it's it's the best solution we have, but it's certainly not 100%. Some people get better after TJ. Some are never the same after TJ. And everybody loves the bullpens and all the coaches are super optimistic and all the beat writers are saying, you know, we watch the bullpen and, it, and it's great and all that. And that that's awesome. Um, I just, I have trust issues, so I have to see it for myself. <laughs> that's all. It's, that's nothing against all the people that are, are saying it looks good. I, I just, I need to see it for myself. So who knows when it comes to how good this rotation can be? I, I genuinely think this can be a top 10 rotation in the game of baseball. I, I really do. Um, but there is also a flip side of that that even if you do the 20 80th percentile, the bottom end of this rotation could get really dry really quickly, right? And the good thing is, and the thing that raises the floor with the expectations here are we have seen each of the last three years like quadruple A journeymen get signed. Again, Drew Hutchison, Peralta. Like we've seen these guys come in and give good enough performances just because that's how good our our coaching staff is and and they're getting the most out of these journeyman types who are just being uh like spot fillers until the, the the rotation is healthy again that raises the floor a boatload and that prevents me from going like look if everybody is just hurt and and you know flaherty is like that five era guy and maeda is only going to throw 100 innings and it's not going to be very effective and uh, Mize isn't going to fully come back and accept, you know, Scooble might have injuries, etc. Well, then we're just in the same boat we've been in the last three years and we'll piece it together and figure it out. I, uh, the rotation is, is something I'm really excited for this year. I think at best it, it's a broken record, uh, a top 10 rotation in the sport at worst. It's probably around what 20, you know, like the back end of the teens, if you were to rank them, uh, just again, because of the confidence that we have in this team's ability to spot fill those guys. And even if you're the, the most pessimistic and you're like, oh, I hate the Flaherty signing. I, I hate the Maeda signing. My sucks, et cetera, et cetera. This is a team that in 2022 at one point had two starting pitchers, one of which was Drew Hutchison, and they still went out there and were like the 20th or 18th best rotation in baseball for that month and a half stretch where they had literally nobody healthy. 
that injects a boatload of confidence into a fan base and into uh, the analysis that we're doing here about how good or bad this rotation can be. The truth often lies somewhere in the middle. We say that all the time here. I'm excited. I think that this rotation, this 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 whole season, and somebody commented this on the show the other day, this entire season is really going to be a question mark about how much better the offense got. I don't think anyone's going into the season and is worried about the rotation. It's like, oh, like this could really cost us. There's maybe limitations on it being like a top five or three rotation in baseball, right? Just talent-wise. But uh, I think that most people are in the mindset of if this team is going to win the division or take another big step forward, et cetera, it's going to have to be because the, the offense is even a league average offense. That's how confident a lot of people are in the pitching. And I don't blame them. I, uh, I think that this is, uh, this is, this is solid again, limitations, I'm not saying it's the best rotation in baseball, certainly far from it. Um, but, uh, I think that it, it certainly could be one of the better rotations in the AL central. If you want to go from that perspective, certainly, um, guardians are going to be tough. The twins lose Sonny gray full season of Tarek Scooble, baby. Can't wait. All right, let's wrap it up. I'm just rambling at this point. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Friday. Uh, I'm not sure we have, we're going to talk about the bullpen. We'll talk about the defense. We'll talk about the offense, et cetera, et cetera. Best and worst case scenarios for all of that stuff. All right? This will take, uh, whatever, four or five episodes, however much, and then we'll end on the team, like I said. Starting rotation, final thoughts. Should be solid. I think that's the word I want to, I, I don't want to overhype it either. I don't want to make it sound like I think this is going to be some juggernaut, but I think it, it should be solid. It shouldn't be the weakness of the team. It shouldn't be losing us games. This should be, this should be kind of the, the safety net of the team. I think should be the starting rotation. The offense is, is not the safety net. The offense is going to determine a lot and we'll get to that later in the week. All right. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all then baby. Go Tigers.